0: You don't need to have a program to start making disciples. Don't overthink it, just grab some people that you find, okay, we have some common interests and I have suddenly an access to their life and obviously they they have access to my life. Mm -hmm. You can start discipling them, speak truth in in their life because man, the gospel is such good news people hear that and go like, what curriculum should I use? And
1: that's not what you're mm-hmm. talking about. No. <laughs> you're talking about helping them move from unbelief to belief in light of the good news of the gospel in everything. Yeah. So start, just start doing that. It's amazing what God will do through that.
0: <laughs> Even without loads of curriculum. Yeah. yeah. If the persecuted church can do it in Iran or Afghanistan or China, why would we overthink? Yeah, we don't um, need to. Yeah,
1: It doesn't necessarily make it better. In fact, it usually doesn't.
0: To the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that
1: naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Cesar Kalinowski. All right, so this is going to be probably the most raw episode of the Everyday Disciple Podcast ever. I am literally on the road i'm here in brussels with my brother dennis and a whole bunch of awesome disciple makers and it's been an amazing week so far of teaching yeah we're having a blast and this this organization is called recruits and i am just going straight into it because i'm on the road and i didn't want to skip i wanted to be with y'all but i wanted to talk to dennis and let you hear a little bit about what their ministry is doing here in belgium and it's expanding, and it's really encouraging, and I think it's going to encourage all of you as well. So we're just going to have a discussion, and then when it gets to the big three today, we're probably just going to summarize that live too. So here you are, everyday disciple, as everyday and as raw as (laughs) it gets. So, Dennis, just tell us a little bit first of your story, you and Guile, and uh, where you are in life, and kids, and marriage, and just all that kind of stuff.
0: Oh yeah, Uh, Guile and I, you met like, Twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, um, got married uh, three years later because we were still in high school when we met. So you, you need money to get married, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, you I know how. Tina and I were. met in <laughs> high school too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so three years later, we got married, and um, we have four kids now. Um, yeah, been in youth ministry since we met. Um, been leading that for eight years, and then suddenly God like called us into the whole new discipleship movement that was going on here, called recruits. And uh, we've been part of it ever since. So our kids are growing up in this community of, of amazing young men Beautiful. and women. Yeah. Beautiful
1: that the kids are growing up thinking yes. this is normal yeah. to have people around discipleship as a lifestyle, right? I love it. Absolutely. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Tell, so recruits
0: started when? Uh, in 2014. Okay. So um, this one guy, Matthias, shout out to him because he did an amazing job, but he was one of the, the leaders at a camp. And a couple of guys like who, who went to camp every year were like, Man, every time we go to camp our hearts are full and on fire. But then two weeks later after camp, like we go back into normal. We don't want that to, to... like an evangelistic camp yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Um and and they came up to him like like, Can you teach us, can you mentor us like how to follow Jesus? Not only like to, to, to have that fire here just in camp, but also in, in everyday life. It was like, yeah, let's do it, and just to make a long story short. Sure. So one group of guys, seven young men, just going off to college every week, came together in, in, in a small room in the heart of Brussels, and then the next year I think there were five groups or four groups, and after that it expanded. So
1: is the way that those recruits groups were put together?
0: Does it build multiplication right into it? Yeah, then? absolutely. So that's one of the commitments they have to make. Like we, we do this. Um, but with the intentionality of passing it on to somebody else. Like, we cannot just come here as a consumer. We also have to, to raise others um, to do the same. So we are disciples who are making disciples. Yeah,
1: I love that that's sort of built into it, right? And I think that's a normal assumption. However, However you know, like yeah. the way I was discipled originally, it was like, here's your nine lessons, and uh, you're done, and you're a disciple. Yeah and then but you're not mature enough yet to take somebody else through this or you know it was like it was real like kind of once and
0: done and or you did the 101 201 301 401 class and yeah. i guess you're a disciple now you yeah. know <laughs> or you get baptized and and the church thinks oh yeah he's one of us now so he's good he's in yeah, he yeah, yeah. just these sermons yeah. you know a couple oh, times yeah. a month that'll get it done oh <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: i love that it's built in with that's the assumption Yeah. just like i think with our kids you know you have an assumption we're going to raise them to Probably have a family someday, yeah, and move out and be adults and and live a great life, and so <laughs> yeah,
0: they're gonna they're gonna grow up anyway, so you better put in your heart so so that you yeah. make something out of that. So yeah.
1: so then how did you get connected to recruits?
0: Yeah, so Matthias and I were both a guest speaker on a on a huge evangelistic conference. Okay, and um, they they kind of set us up like, hey, meet with each other so you can you can have like a talk how Matias is gonna uh, preach sermon A and you're gonna do like the follow-up sermon B. So get together. So we got together the first time that we met, or I think the second time, but that's what the first time that we really got close and, and, and could connect with one another. I think we talked about five minutes about the sermon and then talked about discipleship and everything around it for the next four hours. <laughs> and, um, he was telling me about the things that he was reading and discovering, um, and that God was showing him. And that's when my heart connected with, with the great commission. I didn't even know there was a Great Commission until that point. And I've been in church, yeah, since forever. You're teaching and preaching, and you're still not following a Great Commission. Yeah, yeah, What's the point here? (laughs) I knew Matthew 28 and something, but that it is called the Great Commission, and that's something for us, the church, to do and to live out as as a mission given from Jesus. I had no clue until that point. Wow. So he connected me with that. And yeah, you know, Google, (laughs) you, you just search up things, and the big... Transformation that happened in my heart was uh, a book written by David Platt called Radical. Mm. And one of his five challenges Powerful. was you either uh, start a DMM, so a disciple making movement, or join one. I'm like, yeah, well, this one is happening already. And I told Matthias, I'm in. I'm, I'm in 100%. Like, what do you want me to do? Where uh-huh. do you want me to do it? And yeah, that's a. So I'm going to make an assumption here. And if
1: I'm wrong, let me know. Okay. okay? But if at this point, you are you know the word, you're an adult, you've been in church forever, and you're just now waking up to the implication and the fullness of the Great Commission, go mm-hmm. and make disciples, fill yeah. the world with God's glory, then I'm guessing you probably had not been
0: deeply discipled yourself. Not at all. Not at all. So that's what I mean. Like you get baptized and, and oh yeah, he's in. He's one of us now. That's okay. He's saved. Mm-hmm. And and that didn't not stroke with Martha. I'm like, man, I'm reading, I'm reading in the Bible. Like <laughs> um Joshua had a Moses, and Elijah had an Elijah. I mean, like, what's up? Like like the d- twelve disciples had Jesus. Yeah. And and they had disciples. Like, I mean, look at Paul. Yeah. So what's going on there? And um I asked God for a mentor and he he mentored me really hard. He's a theologian, a PhD. So I got really disciples into head knowledge. Not not Matthias. Oh uh he's he's an older guy but okay but not that that okay. much older. about smart guy amazing heart so i got really a lot of knowledge and 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 you know, tools and skills yeah but to disciple and to be disciple is something way different because you you give entrance to to your life when you're discipling somebody yeah. or the other way around you right. get entrance in somebody's life it really is a life yeah
1: on life together yeah and it's a lifestyle for sure yeah. we talk about that a lot We have an overlap in our stories there because for me, one of the things that God did, and I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, when I was traveling overseas quite a bit, doing missions, (laughs) right? But not making disciples at home, but going to do missions, which the mission is discipleship. Anyway, um, the Spirit of God started always like calling me to read the book of Acts during this trip. And then it kind of, I did it so many times, so many trips, it kind of became my thing. Like when I go overseas, I read the book of Acts. And I started noticing these parallels between the way the church was, like in the bush, in Africa, in Burma during the war, wow. you know, all over Thailand, you know, it was like all this stuff and you're like, oh man, the church, they're being the church, they're not really putting on much church services because they don't, you know, it's a war, they don't have buildings, they have, barely have food, you know, and, and it looks just like the book of Acts. Wow. Like it really did, you know, like when I'm reading and I'm looking at how Jesus spent time with his disciples, I'm like, that's what they're doing. And then we'd come home and we were putting on church. Wow. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And so that same thing is like, God,
0: do, where, do I get to do this? Yeah. Do we? Who, who's going to do this with us? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was actually a question I have for you. So when, when did you like knew, now my heart is connected to this discipleship and being on mission and as a community, like you were in the church, you grew up in the church. Yeah. When did that all shift it? How do you remember? Can you recall? Well, a big part of that shift was d- doing all this international travel
1: and then I would wow. come home. And i would feel the difference and i'd go wow i i want to live like that i want to live like they did like we got to live with them all week you know they let us right we were being the church instead of going to church and then i'd come home and we were putting on church and yeah and it was wonderful and it was big and it was a lot of people but it wasn't the same in in many ways it wasn't the same do you know what i mean and i was like i was longing for like this yes. family oikos mission as the church people as the church living it out day yeah. to day super connected and so that was around 2003 or so oh, wow. that that was really starting to hit our hearts hard and it was in 2004 when finally god showed us like i'm moving you to tacoma and we had our friends there yeah. jeff and janie vanderstelt and they were just getting a handful of people together to talk about this lifestyle too and we said oh we got to join them you know? yeah and so then Tina and I had to go back to Chicago area there and, and both quit and say, hey, we love you, but guess what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, Was that a hard conversation? You know, I I remember I can remember it pretty clearly. I, I called up uh, the ex, ex, XP, the um, executive pastor. He kind of ran oh, all the wow. staff. Oh, wow, executive pastor. Oh, there's oh, so yeah. many <laughs> staff. Oh, it was huge. It's an organization, right? And I called him up, and, I, and his name was John, and I said, John... Um, and this is how exactly the Spirit of God led me to, to bring this up. I said, we have been given a great opportunity by God. And he goes, what's that? Yeah. And I said, the opportunity that God has given us is that Tina and I are to go and start to plant churches and make disciples in community, like much like I've been talking about we see on these trips and people live in this way. And what should we do about this? Because I was trying to buy, get their buy-in, Yeah. right? And he was like, oh, I don't know. We better talk to the senior pastor right away if you're leaving. Because I was super entrenched in the staff, you know. I was one of the lead team. And I had multiple departments I was running. And production was one of them. And that was everything lived and died by that production, right? (laughs) And so we went and talked to him and said, so we have this opportunity, you know. And he was like, these are the words he said. He said, our dog is not in that hunt wow you know what i mean yeah i'm like what do you mean i'm making disciples well no we're here doing this and if you want to do that and then you get to do that but i said well we're family and we've been here for 12 years and serving faithfully can we be helped to go do this and they're like nah that's okay oh wow so there was no like oh that's so hard so that was hard so but it wasn't an antagonistic conversation per se yeah but there was there was some of this where like well What's wrong? What are you doing different? What are we, what's wrong with what we're doing? I said, mm-hmm. Well, we're not looking to put on church services right away. We want to go make disciples, mm-hmm. however long that takes, and then mm-hmm. we'll regather those, right? Yeah. And um, and then and then multiply those communities. And I remember the senior pastor said, It'll never work. Yeah. I said, Why not? And he goes, Because you'll never multiply preachers fast enough. <laughs> and and I and I uh, and I said, Well, what do you mean? He goes, It's it all lives and dies by the preacher. And I knew he believed that because he was the preacher, yeah, yeah. but I never thought he'd say it out loud. Wow, yeah. And I love this guy, and he's a wonderful man, and he's a wonderful preacher, but that was his perspective on if you're going to multiply the church, well, you multiply out that pulpit, Yeah. right? All right. And that's an aspect of it, but that certainly is not. And then here again, we were... We were discipleship focused, so we we're like well, the only thing we need to multiply out is how many dinner tables we can get going. Yeah. You know? and, and when we gather, we did it all kinds of wacky places, you know, warehouses yeah. and in parks and coffee shops at night or what you know, whatever it took. You yeah. know, that didn't matter; people didn't care where we gathered. It's just that we did and so, anyway. So that's that's how that shifted for me. Wow, yeah, that's powerful. Now, how about you and your church experience? You're working with recruits now, and yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how those groups look yeah. in a minute, but did that shift your own experience of going to church over time absolutely you know because i'm i'm guessing did you ever work
0: for a church uh no so in belgium we don't have many full-timers or staff uh, on church so i was doing a full-time job as a volunteer and i had my paid job okay Um, Sure. so but i didn't work for a church but it it shifted my my view on how church could be i'm like before that you look at the huge mega churches as like your role model and you yeah. try to attract yeah. people to the institution and the program yeah. that's on sunday and i love the church i grew up in it i i have given so many chances by it but when that discipleship heart of, of mine got formed i was like man we are missing so much here what's it that we can do so i was in the church i'm like talking about this uh, with so many leaders my peers yeah. uh, on youth ministry and um my view on, on how we gather kind of changed i loved it i loved going in because i love the people over there yeah i mean it's more than just sunday
1: right and that's how it was for us too yeah. I mean, we've been at this church 12 years yeah deep relationships it was hard yeah. to lead from that standpoint yeah. but the call to go and be the church and make disciples was so much stronger. And, and after having tried a bunch of stuff, we knew that that church we were in was never really gonna fully go that way. Yeah. And they had small groups, but the small groups pretty much studied the sermon on Sunday. And then they took the summers off. Yeah. And Some of them only met once a month. And it just wasn't like family on a mission together. Yeah. And, and we tried that, like with our closest friends, people we had known for years and they were all that sounds amazing yeah but then when we tried to live it like but we're too busy you know?
0: oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. and they don't see like um how everything can fit into their busy life yeah so so let's let's go back just a little bit i want to talk
1: about what the recruits like these groups yeah. that you form and multiply to make discipleship, yeah. you know disciples and, and start and i know this is changing too yeah like you guys are iterating and moving forward i love that so tell me a little bit about that how do the groups form and
0: you've obviously led some of these groups now, but tell, how do they get started? Yeah, so we just had a a session on the person of peace. Mm -hmm. So that's how we try to engage for starting a new group. Let me just explain what he means, what we just had. So I've been here with Tina training all week
1: with a bunch of the recruits and their leaders. It's been wonderful. And so we just had a big deep dive into
0: finding people of peace and what that looks like and how to identify them, where, where are they and all that. Yeah, so when we find that person of peace, we try to connect with them and their oikos, so the people that, that they're closest with, and we we ask them like, um, "This is what we do and why we do it. Do you know anybody that e- you you might be interested in joining us?" Yeah. So we f- form these new groups every, um, I would say, a year. Okay. And um, we 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 do this um, by following the the the. The biggest command, like the Pharisees that challenged Jesus, what's the biggest command? Mm. And Jesus says, love the Lord um, with all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and all your, your whole heart. Yeah. So we go through these four loving phases. Mm. So Jesus is king, so we have to surrender our whole mind. Jesus is king, so also our soul needs to be surrendered to him, but also all our skills and, and, and the things that we do out of our own strength. Mm. And then most importantly, our heart, where... Where actually our identity is is enrooted. So that's yeah. why we try. That's what we try to do. I say try because not everybody <laughs> always picks it up. You know, it's or they it's, learn it in their head and it doesn't quite yes, make it to the heart. Yes. <laughs> and then the time comes when they start their own groups, and then suddenly it's too hard or life gets too busy. They yeah, back out of it. So that's that's the story. But as you can see, we have 130 people over here, fully booked. Um, a lot of kids also over here. Yeah. There are people who are grasping it, and we've been expanding ever since um, since 2014. That's so amazing. I know you went from one group to, yeah. like, a lot of groups. Now, how many yeah. groups are running this year? Oh, I have absolutely no idea. We have 45 in, in, in my region alone. So, okay. Um, yeah. So a lot. That's so beautiful, yeah. brother.
1: And and I know there's there's been some growing of that to go, like, hey, some of this is accidentally becoming more of, like, a church together, you know, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we go there, like it's a little <laughs> bit of a tease for everybody, but um, uh, what I know there's I, I'm going to ask a question that's impossible to answer, not like on the average, but what would be some typical timelines of someone who maybe comes into recruits, you know, they're a person of peace, they're interested, they're learning, you're discipling them, you're starting to do more life together. Be, how long might it be before someone like that would actually start to form and pull their own recruits group together? Man, that- is that right away, like, within that year
0: or not necessarily? Or is it years later? Uh, so some people, like, pick it up after three months. And some, some people, like, you, you go you do life with them for two years until they finally start to figure out, oh, man, actually, I am already discipling a couple of guys. I just never knew that, that I was doing it um, um, in a way that, that I'm designed to do it. Mm, so gotcha. it's always hard, like, if you, if you have a strong personality as a leader, that's, yeah. that's a good thing, but that's also, that can be a trap. Sure. So people look at you right. and, and they think, oh, I have to do it exactly like that. Right. And that's not the case be- because God made us so uniquely and so cool. Yeah. So everybody has has his own um, um, uniqueness to bring in and, and actually disciple others. Yeah. And to show them. Which means no things. two are going to look the same exactly.
1: No, and I hope not. And, and how so, they start. And that, you know, what you said, like, st- sometimes a strong leader, that can be a bit of a detriment because people think I have to do it exactly yeah. like them, and I never could. Yeah, And that's been part of my, not to, like, say I'm the strongest leader in the world, but that's been part of my challenge is to make sure that I'm always breaking things down. Yeah. That's probably why we do this podcast and so much of the training we offer. Yeah. It breaks it all down into really bite-sized, starting with identity, basic steps of things because I don't want it to be that way because we accidentally did that in the beginning too, when yeah. we were first starting SOMA communities, like us and the Vanderstelts, we had no problem gathering a crowd and we were discipling people to maturity and they were getting baptized and and others started trying to do it, but they only wanted to do exactly what we did. And then some of them could, if we were like that next generation, yeah. but once it got another generation away, yeah. they, they 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 couldn't see the original. So then they didn't know what to copy and then they get burned out on it. You know, it didn't flow naturally from identity. Through a process that they could totally make their own you know in, yeah. in everyday life, so that was something we had to learn too yeah
0: yeah and and you you can explain that to 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 the groups, but only when they when they uh, move it from their head to their hearts yeah. and, and make the the mission of Jesus their own, then you see a shift if they think, "Oh, I have to do this because I have this leader, yeah like I have Caesar showing it to me and Caesar telling it um to me that I have to do it this way. Yeah, no, that's not gonna work. Yeah. So now I know since we've
1: met, you and I are in coaching, together. You're in coaching with Tina and I, you and Gail. What a blast that's been so far, we're loving that. Um, And I feel like we're learning just as much from you guys. Uh, What has been shifting in the last six months or so, maybe it's longer, I don't know. Yeah. Because I know you guys have started to have like a home church gathering and it's like, your recruits groups have kind of grown into
0: something Fuller, bigger, I don't know, how would you describe it? What's changing? Oh, yeah, that's a story on its own, but when we moved last year, and this was the first time that we were really convinced God is placing us somewhere with a purpose, and we're trying to figure out what, because in in our eyes, it wasn't even strategically correct. (laughs) Where you moved, uh, you mean? Yeah, because all recruit groups were around us, and a lot of of, young couples so we're like, there, there are a lot of Christians over there who are doing the discipleship making. Why are we moving there? But as soon as we moved, like the first day, people were coming over, he help us unpack the boxes. Yeah. So you're here anyway. Like yeah. you want, you want to grab a cup of coffee and like try to find them in the boxes. Yeah. So and that, that never stopped. And um, yeah, my wife, she, she's an amazing cook and she just started to make food for everybody who comes over, she makes extra if she knows, okay, yeah, uh, Dennis's boys, uh, the group is coming here, I'll make extra, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know, right. And um, then suddenly it dawned to us like, wait, we're actually being a church. We don't, we don't have the, the, the songs, the three worship songs, and, <laughs> and then the three like really spiritual connecting songs and the yeah. sermon, but man, we're, we're doing life together. And now we're trying to figure out how we can multiply that. Like, you want to have a DNA. You don't want to have it like a really loose cannon, right? Because you want to make an impact on your, mm. on your neighborhood. You want to you want to have that effect in acts like, or people are all all for you, or they want to drag you uh, through court because hey, those guys are, just yeah. really are... <laughs> throw you off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I have to think of of. Um, um, that I, I don't know how to say it in English, but a guy who, who was in Ephesus screaming, "Great is the Goddess I Artemis," mean, because he's oh, right. like, "Oh, these guys have come here. We don't make any money now." Like, right? So that's that's the impact that you want to have on on your neighborhood because wow, Jesus comes and He is Lord. He's truly Lord. <laughs> so we're trying to like figure out okay how we can multiply this in a healthy way. I love the easiness of which this sort
1: of started to form beyond a discipleship group, mm-hmm. which you're multiplying those, that's great. I think it's maybe, I'm just going to say something, you mm-hmm. know, you and I haven't talked about, I think maybe it's just been God's design. You have been making disciples first, yeah. and you've learned how to multiply those groups, and those are changing even how you do that, and they're fuller and fuller. And now some are those are going to be morphing into a fuller yeah. expression of church, yeah. right? But I, I think... Because so many, us, so many of us have come from a background of, you know, you start a church service, that's how you plant a church, and then you repot Christians, because that's who comes to a new church service, right? <laughs> Think about it, like, you know? And then, and then you try to talk them into going and making disciples. Much like our experience, you guys have kind of accidentally slid into doing it upside down. We we've learned how to start making disciples, but we knew there was more, and life on life started to happen naturally, yeah. and because you opened your home... And you didn't worry about, like, well, do we have to have three songs? Should it be four? Do we need yeah, announcements yeah. at the end? Should we get a screen? Do we need, do, should we get a pulpit, like, you know, in our house? You know, you just let it be the church. Yeah. It's natural and it's lightweight. Yeah. And so I think it will be very reproducible. Again, looking very, very different from
0: I church so. to church, right? Yeah. And it
1: should. When we read about the church in the New Testament, you know, it's always referred to as the oikos at this person's house or the oikos in this city yeah. or whatever. They weren't, I know they weren't following a plan book, you know, they didn't have like, this is the order of service and make sure you get a psalm stuck in here exactly at 11 minutes in and...
0: With the shots of wine. Yeah, Yeah. with the little plastic cup.
1: (laughs) with the plastic. We haven't even vented plastic yet, but the church did, you know. (laughs) Anyway, so I love the the simplicity and the naturalness and the ease that you guys have. You're not stressing it. You're not, you know, yet, you know, you entered into coaching because you're still learning and you're trying to put some more processes of reproducibility in. Yeah. And... And and our stuff's pretty flexible. That's the point, right? So they can be reproduced Absolute, yeah. in a million ways. So I love that you're really, it's easy. You're not stressing out over this.
0: You're not striving <laughs> over yeah. it. And that's not in my design. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy that, that wants to have a program. And, and here are your 12 steps to <laughs> go to the next level. Yeah. So this, this organic way of gathering is is so freeing. And it's a whole new experience. So it's so amazing the journey we're on right now. I love it.
1: I think some people would say, well, that's not really fully church yet. But I want to remind them, you know, well, because you don't have a building, or you don't have elders, or you don't have a presbytery, or you don't have a district, or, you know, all
0: these things. Yeah. Or an executive pastor.
1: Or an executive. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I want to remind them to go back and look at the book of Acts and look at all the epistles and how long the church was multiplying out oikos before any elders were appointed, they never had a church building ever, not anywhere in the book. It didn't yeah. happen, you know? Well, what about the Hall of Terranus? Well, that was a place that Paul was using to train disciple makers. You know what I mean? He yeah. wasn't holding church services there. They never said that. So I, I, I think what you're doing is the, is church, and it's the it's a beautiful representation of it. You know where I felt like we had some church yesterday? Like a whole, quote, church service happened? Yeah. I was invited to do the story of God with some of the kids. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. And so we just did the very first story. It had to be translated, you know, (laughs) because I speak English and those kids didn't. But it was all beautiful. We're sitting around on the carpets and chairs and was laying on the floor and it was natural. We did the first story and uh, angels watching God as he's creating the foundations of the earth, Lucifer deceiving the angels, him and the demons being cast down to earth out of God's presence. We talked about it. The kids were amazing they had all these ideas they they noticed things that i've never seen you know like that's amazing and they had what things they were wondering about and they had questions and then i read a i read a short psalm yeah you know i said here kids this is a this is a verse from the bible it's from psalm 8 verse 1 and maybe you could memorize this with your parents and that'll hide this story in your heart and so we read it and then they translated it and, and one girl says oh we have a song yeah that says that exactly And then someone hopped on a keyboard, and we sang that song a few times, and it was wonderful. And then everybody cheered, and it was crazy. And I was like, "Wait a minute! Like what what it says in scripture? Everybody they came together, they shared what they had. We'd all just had lunch, and everybody had a word, and they shared the stories. And there were psalms and hymns, and you know. And I was like, "Oh my gosh! How hard was this? There was nothing planned. It was beautiful. And everybody's been talking about it since because it was just so
0: pure and perfect. Yeah. And we learned and it and, and felt closer. And I loved it, man. And it was so cool that that song actually came from the kids. So it was nothing that the adults set up for them. It was by them. And, yeah, we didn't and plan it. it no. no, no. That's a good thing. <laughs> that was, That's, that was so, so awesome.
1: So, you know, and I, I, you know, I left going like, it's not any harder than that in my <laughs> home or living yeah. room. Right. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. And it was they just that beautiful, and I think some of that's the power of story, you know, and, and learning the word that way. However, so what are some of your? It's free to dream. What are some of your hopes and dreams for the like the next say year uh, as a family and as a growing you know home church or church body now, yeah. um, and for recruits? Well, just what are some of your hopes and dreams? We can be praying for you too. And uh,
0: next year, oh man, a lot can happen in a year. <laughs> I know. What? Don't worry about it too technically. Just what are you hoping for? Oh you know? man, just uh, people that, that are in recruits and and doing life with each other just just find that family to do a mission with just to do to, to have that that higher um, um calling that that's called the kingdom of god over their lives so wh- wherever they are they know they they can bring the kingdom of god if it's their job or or their hobby or sports uh, club whatever it may be yeah. even in their homes The kingdom of God may be seen or heard in in new ways. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I know that that's happening. And I know as that happens, because God promised it, that healthy things grow and multiply. That's just kingdom principle. Healthy things always grow. And there's a lot of health and joy here. That's the other thing. We haven't talked about it, but I'll just share this, is that when Tina and I travel around and we teach and train and we're with a body of people, a community like this, we can always kind of take the temperature. Is this a community of grace or is mm. this law? Are people all nervous about rules and doing it right and never want to speak up or they don't want to ask a question or they are afraid of making a mistake? This is such a community of grace. Yeah. You guys have done a oh, wonderful awesome. job, not just you and Guile, but others. It's really beautiful and people are at peace. And sure, they have questions and they're counting the cost of some yeah. of the things we were talking about, about really fully becoming an oikos, yeah. not just a, you know a training times and you know discipling times, but be really filling out that whole family life on mission. But it's been so free and so oh, beautiful, just like the kids were. And so I'm so encouraged. Healthy things grow. They always do. Awesome. And thank thanks you. for taking a little bit of time to talk about this and oh, share man. this stuff, because I'd have to figure out how to recreate all that Tina and I experienced this week, you know, so yeah. at least, <laughs> at least our, our friends here get to hear some of it, right? Yeah. So let's real-time the big three. What's the like? What would be the big three things I'm going to do the first one because I got it, okay? Okay. You'll be thinking about it for a second. What, what would be the big three things that we wouldn't want people to miss from okay. either our discussion today or even maybe something we wished we'd said, okay? Okay, yeah. The first one I'd say, because I was thinking about it when you said it to me the other day, you said that you were you read something that said, um, oh, the Pratt book, right? Radical? Yeah. Either, either go start a movement, you know, yeah. or join one. Yeah. And I thought about that after you said that to me, and you just said it again yeah. today as we were talking. and. I, I would say that's one of the big things, don't miss that. I, I know that's a strong call, but I was thinking about that, I think, in the shower or something after you said it to me the next day. And I was thinking of like, man, I wanna I wanna put that kind of call on people, you know, like, hey, pray and ask God to show you what needs to get started where you're at. Don't oh. be as shy and afraid. You have the power that raised Christ from the dead living in you. <laughs> or join something. Yeah. But don't sit on the sidelines. Right. No. Don't, don't sit on the sidelines, get in the game, get, you know, like you got to get in there. So that'd be my first one. That'd be one of the big threes. Either start something and you can't officially start a movement, but you know what I mean? You know, I know what you meant by that and what you mean by that or join something that's healthy and growing and making disciples
0: and get Mm -hmm. into a community like that. That'd be the first one. What do you think? What's another big takeaway? What I immediately think about is like, don't overthink it. You don't need to have like a program. To start disciples, uh, to start making disciples, don't overthink it. Just grab some people that you find. Okay, we have some common interests, in, and I have suddenly an access to their life, and obviously they they have access to my life. Mm-hmm. You can start discipling them, mm. speak speak truth in the, in their life because man, the gospel is such good news. Yeah. So. People need good news. Yeah, exactly.
1: So not overthinking in it. every area of life. And I know, right? People hear that and go like, "What curriculum should I use?" And that's not what you're no, talking no. about. No, <laughs>
0: you're talking about helping
1: them move from unbelief to belief in light of the good news of the gospel in everything. So yeah. start, just start doing that. It's amazing what God will do through that,
0: <laughs> even without loads of curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if the persecuted church can do it in iran or afghanistan or china i mean like why, why would we overthink
1: yeah we don't um, need to yeah and it doesn't necessarily make it better in fact <laughs> it usually doesn't right great what would be the third thing of the big three today what do you think that you would want people to miss
0: everybody is looking for family mm. so especially after COVID, people got forced to be isolated yeah and even though we don't have any restrictions here now and i don't think anywhere in the world people are still isolating themselves. So the, the hunger for a family and a community is bigger than ever. Um, you said it in, in one of the sessions, but COVID was good news for the church. I, I mean, it exposes the church for, for its, all its programs and everything that had to be shut down, mm-hmm. but also now we're coming out of it. Where people are man, saying, we really need to be doing this in real life, yeah. in our homes and yeah. be the church more, yeah. I know. You can't make disciples over text or Zoom so people need a family and, and a community god said it's not good for men to be alone yeah. <laughs> and it still isn't so yeah people are so hungry for community so get out there um get involved with your neighbors or or even um as you ha- if you have kids like try to be involved with the other parents in into uh, your kids lives yeah um, and god is so good and gracious he's gonna do amazing he things. he really
1: is perfect well there's your big three for this week You can always get the Big Three as a download, except maybe today. I don't know if I'll be able to summarize this for you. (laughs) I'll see how it goes in post. I'm traveling, so I wanted to be able to talk to you and share what's going on. And I I know you're going to be encouraged by this talk today, but you can always get the Big Three by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Big Three. Maybe it'll be there or not, but otherwise, go ahead and go to that. and. and it'll take you to a page and you'll get all the big three downloads, probably including this. I'll try to figure out my best to summarize it. Otherwise, a whole bunch of the other big threes will be there, all right? And be sure to join us next week. We're gonna continue to talk about these things. I'm going on the road some more, Tina and I are, and we're gonna stay in touch and keep talking about how the gospel speaks good news into everyday life, all right? I'll talk to you soon.